Welcome, and thank you for joining us for today's CME podcast. PrimeMed podcasts are dedicated to providing on-the-go clinicians with pertinent, evidence-based primary care content that won't take too much time out of your busy schedule. Information about CME credits and faculty for today's podcast can be found within this activity's landing page on primemed.com slash podcast. That's pri-med.com slash podcasts. Be sure to also go to this location in order to claim your CME credits after the program. Thank you and enjoy. Hello, this is Dr. Lee Lindquist, Chief of Geriatrics at Northwestern University in Chicago, Illinois. And today we'll be talking about COVID-19 and seniors, the older adult body and atypical presentations. So the learning objectives is that after listening to this podcast, you'll be able to describe how the physiologic changes that go along with aging increase the effects of COVID among older adults. You're going to be able to understand the physiology behind the atypical presentations among seniors with COVID. And you'll also learn actual items that you can help um, use with your senior patients uh, to fight COVID. So why are seniors getting COVID? Um, why are seniors uh, having or experiencing much worse morbidity and mortality from COVID? And it actually stems from the physiologic changes that we experience as we get older. So the immune system of older adults weakens over time. We know this. This is a longstanding fact. This is why older adults um, receive zoster infections. Um, they have worse times with the flu. In general, with age, the immune system of older adults uh, worsens, meaning that they'll have decreased T-cell mass, decreased T-cell response, and decreased T-cell macrophage interactions. We also see cytokines like IL-2 decrease, and also a decreased ability to, to mount a granulocytic response. On top of that, older adult skin tends to lose their immune responsiveness because Langerhan cells also decrease by 50%. So besides the immune system worsening um, or getting a, a little bit weaker over time, older adults also experience dehydration faster and even without the knowledge of it. So for instance, when a patient gets the flu, sometimes the first sign will be that they um, pass out or wipe out. Um, and that goes along with them getting dehydrated. And we're seeing the same things with COVID. With COVID, people are getting dehydrated um, with fevers sometimes, sometimes without um, and the reason being is that older adults have decreased perception of thirst and impaired response to serum osmolarity. They're unable or they have a decreased ability to concentrate their urine um, following a fluid deprivation. And they also have decreased baroreceptor sensitivity, which equates a decrease in total body water. So at most, uh, so for most seniors, they're actually dehydrated at baseline. And we see this because people will fall um, and then we pick up that they're dehydrated on labs when they come to the emergency room with a broken hip. So one of the action items that I tell and I remind all my seniors is to make sure that you hydrate because the first signs of dehydration may be that you pass out, maybe that you fall, you feel weak. And so that is a key issue. The next thing that we have to think about with the senior physiology is that seniors are more at risk for clotting disorders and clotting. We know that factors seven and eight and fibrinogen change with age. People also have increased fibrin 
and these tend to increase their hypercoagulability as they age. Now, this does not become apparent on routine labs. So if you check a PT or a prothrombin time or an INR, it will not change. These are all things that change but are not noticed on labs. So one of the main action items with this is that you need to be aware that there are some reports that people are more at risk of blood clots when they have a COVID diagnosis. So you might want to consider an injectable anticoagulant to prevent clots if they are diagnosed with COVID. And that's something that we're seeing, interestingly enough, is that most seniors are not presenting typically um, with the typical signs of COVID. And most of that is due to the changes in their bodies. So what we've seen so far with COVID is that the standard symptoms are fever, shortness of breath, and cough. And we have heard some um, case reports of people having a lack of smell or a lack of taste or GI symptoms. Um, these are hard to quantify, but they're out there as possible symptoms that present for COVID. Now with seniors, uh, we're not seeing fever always being present. And I have had maybe um, easily over 25 patients um, in the past three weeks that have become COVID positive. Uh, with COVID testing and even more that we're worried that they might have COVID, but we are not able to obtain testing. So with the seniors and with many seniors out there, uh, fever is not always present. There's a saying in geriatrics that old is cold, and we are not seeing all COVID patients experience fevers. Sometimes they'll have a 98.9, sometimes a 99, um, if that. And so this is primarily due to the changes in thermal regulation as you get older. Many of us have seen older adults in the middle of summer have a sweater on or hat and gloves. And this is primarily due to the fact that the fat in older adults change. It doesn't disappear, so you don't have people losing fat, but it does change in that it's less insulating. So they tend to run normally at a lower temperature, sometimes 97, sometimes lower than um, 98.6 easily. They also sweat less, and so therefore they're not always um, keeping their body thermal regulated well. So when you have a patient who doesn't present with a fever but may have other signs or symptoms, you have to think, is this COVID? COVID is still one of my top diagnoses or top differentials uh, diagnoses right now. Another symptom that we've heard about is this lack of smell or lack of taste. Now, this occurs at baseline for most older adults, so it's a little tricky to say that they're having a lack of taste or a lack of smell. As you get older, your taste buds tend to wear down, so things don't taste the same. Oftentimes, we'll see patients that want a little bit more spicier food as they get older, primarily because they can't taste the usual diet that they had, um, which is why sometimes people lose weight in nursing homes uh, because they enter a place where people are catering to a diet that feeds a lot of people, which may be on the more bland side or fitting more diets that are low salt, low fat, low um, sugar. And so that's why sometimes people have to spice up the food as they get older. Um, it's primarily because your taste tends to wear down over time. In concordance with that, um, as you get older, your salivary glands also produce less saliva. So therefore, it's harder for you to lubricate the food. The food doesn't taste as well because it's not really getting deep into the taste buds. It's kind of floating on top. And so therefore, it's harder for people to taste food. 
In addition, we're seeing people's smell change. So smell is one of the first cranial nerves to go um, as you get older. And so people tend to not realize that they smell bad or that certain smells or odors are in the room or the smell of urine. And that's primarily because your smell decreases as you get older. So you can't really use the idea that the person lacks taste, the person lacks smell, so therefore this is a new COVID symptom. Just because older adults many times um, have these uh, symptoms at baseline. And then the other thing too is with GI symptoms, those are pretty hard to quantify. Um, most older adults tend to be on the constipated side um, as they get older, and this is part of their physiology as well. What we know is that the colonic motility tends to slow down as people get older. So therefore it takes it longer for the food to go down the chute. In addition, they don't drink as much, which makes the stool more harder. So sometimes it can become constipated. It doesn't move down through the chute as much. It doesn't um, go down easily, so to speak. Um, and so many times what seniors will do is that they'll pump up the fiber in their diet or they'll start taking um, laxatives, which will cause diarrhea. And if they've been sedentary for a long time, they will have constipation and then they might wanna take um, a laxative. So it's kind of hard to balance what is constipation, what is um, laxative use, you know, or fiber intake uh, versus real GI side effects, uh, potentially presenting as COVID. So, we are actually seeing many atypical presentations among older adults. And so I'm gonna go through a couple presentations that I've seen um, in our group. Um, and these are all patients that are real life, um, tested positive, and we're still kind of trying to figure out how we could um, diagnose these better, easier. So the first patient we had um, is a 92-year-old who presented um, at an independent living facility where she had altered mental status, poor PO intake, she was not eating very much food, she had mild kidney dysfunction, and she had some mild GI, GI symptoms. Her stool was soft, but it wasn't clear-cut diarrhea. She didn't have fevers or respiratory symptoms, um, but because of the altered mental status, she, she was sent to the hospital. And while she was at the hospital, she actually tested positive for COVID. And if you can see on this case, her main presenting symptom was altered mental status and poor PO intake. That's not saying that all patients with altered mental status and poor intake are going to be COVID positive. It just means that you should be aware that people who are not really acting themselves or having changes may potentially have COVID. So the second presentation, this woman had a fever of 100 and she had mild to moderate respiratory symptoms. She was having some shortness of breath. Um, she was having um, a little bit of labored breathing. Uh, it would resolve, it was primarily when she went to the bathroom or she walked across the room. And then she actually had some mild GI symptoms as well. She had softer stools. And she had had this for a few days and then it actually improved. Um, and so she was actually living at an assisted living facility that had a COVID outbreak. So she was actually tested and she had improved by the time her testing had gone on and she actually came back COVID positive. So she didn't have major symptoms. The fever was the only um, thing that was kind of notable for her. Um, a little bit labored breathing when she moved around um, and some soft stools. 
and she actually improved um, before the testing could or actually came through. So the third presentation that we had um, that I'm going to discuss today is this 88-year-old um, woman who had a fever of 102. Um, initially, she presented with a fever of 100. It popped up to 102 in a couple hours, and then she had some mild respiratory symptoms for several days, a mild cough. Um, and the fever is what um, initiated us to get moving on her care. And then um, she was actually getting a lot worse. She had a rapid hypoxic respiratory failure where she actually um, got worse in about two to three hours. And that was right after the fever. So she comp decompensated probably within a total of six hours. Um, so she was sent to the hospital and was tested positive for COVID. Um, and her initiating symptom was a mild cough. And you think about how a person will just cough once in a while, um, something might get stuck in the wrong pipe and they kind of say, oh, it's nothing big. Um, but her main symptom when she presented was a mild cough uh, followed by the fevers and she tested positive. Um, so what we're seeing is that there's also several patients um, with temperatures between 99 and 99.9 um, with kind of this weakness or some GI symptoms um, that we consider, consider persons under investigations. Um, that actually do not meet IDPH criteria for testing currently, but we're monitoring them closely. So I am looking forward to the day that we can have wider testing and that we can see people whether or not they're having constitutional weakness or so forth. So a question I get a lot is that testing is still difficult to obtain in many areas. And many of my seniors are a little resistant to go out. So is it worthwhile to get tested? So. I actually say this is more of a case-by-case case scenario. So ultimately, um, we're going to be treating most of our seniors with supportive care. Um, what I tend to do is anytime people have symptom or have you know mild symptoms or if they call the doctor with a, an issue or they're concerned, I love to do early advanced care planning. So if you haven't done advanced care planning with your patients, please do so now. Say, you know, if something happens with COVID, COVID is pretty hot right now. Do you want to be hospitalized? Do you want to be placed on a, on a ventilator? Or would you rather treat in place and stay home and be monitored? Because this is a deadly virus right now. So for patients who um, are having symptoms um, or not quite enough symptoms, I advocate um, close monitoring um, so that if they decide to not come to the hospital, we can keep monitoring them. Um, if they do decide to come to the hospital, we can act on it. Incredibly, um, what we're seeing is that there are people who are surviving. The oldest patient in my care who has made it is 99 years old. And so I am so proud of her. Um, and her daughter has also talked about how she made it through World War II. She's made it through the Depression. She's made it through a whole many different things. And she's made it through COVID now. Um, and I've also spoken to a 77-year-old um, who's on the other side of the, uh, of the field. Um, she, had, she was one of our first test positive for COVID, um, and she's one month out. So people are surviving, although it is a deadly disease. Um, it's important to monitor people's symptoms uh, and be aware of possible asymptoms or atypical symptoms in our older adults because many times it might be a result of their physiologic changes that they're not presenting typically. Thank you very much and stay safe. We thank you again for joining PrimeMed for today's podcast. 
Remember to claim your CME credits for the program on this activity's landing page on primed.com slash podcast. That's pri-med.com slash podcasts. Also, be sure to check out all of our other podcasts and primary care activities on primed.com as well. See you next time.